Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. You know, there's nothing like the world of poetry. It can bring alive things in your imagination, the beauty of life and so forth. And we've got somebody who for 40 years has been bringing the world of art and literary arts to America. She does TV and radio production work for the Smithsonian and the Library of Congress. She's now put out a series of books, and I think these are fascinating through her poetry. And they explore single subjects, like she has one called Lifescapes, which talks about love and relationships, Mindscapes, which is womanhood, Homescapes, cultural identity and place. And now this one just out, and we want to tell you about Artscapes. And Lee, what a fascinating way to kind of take your vision of things and bring them out through the world of poetry. Is that something you always had in mind throughout your career, that kind of in the back of your mind you'd kind of like to share those thoughts? No, it's a funny story. I've always had passion for all the arts, um, starting with my early childhood, um, art, music, dance, theater, and then... In all of my career, I always did writing of some sort, either television scripts or exhibitions, you know, films, uh, strategic plans for museums, all kinds of online education. But it wasn't until I decided to retire from the Smithsonian seven years ago now that I wanted to go back and capture all those different kinds of art. I wasn't quite sure how to do that. So I took a poetry class that was called Transformation, and I was very intrigued by that name. And I was totally smitten. I just found that poetry was a way to bring together all those other interests. So Artscape does that. You know, I go and look at um, sculptures and paintings or listen to music, uh, watch dance, and then it inspires poems. Yeah, I love that concept because in all the different – I love the idea, first of all, of, of taking on one single subject in each of these books and putting a series together. But this one particularly intrigues me because it's like we're seeing all this great art through your eyes. And do you think like the timing of this is important too? Because, boy, I, I think things like the beauty of poetry and what this poetry represents just seems like this is a great time for that. You know, I think so, too. We're living in a very troubled, fractured time, and I think that people really need some hope. Um, And both art and poetry are ways of helping people change opinions, um, learn new values, translate experiences in time and space. And, uh, you know, we are just having so many problems with climate change and political, um, you know, diametric opposites in the political world that um, I think this is a form of communication between people that's very healthy. 
Yeah, I agree, and I and I especially agree with what you're saying with with all the unhappiness between different groups and the fighting and so forth. I think this is one area where when we take the beauty of these things of art, sculpture, like you're saying, and, and you've seen, you know, really the best out there are among the best. It, it, it is a way of kind of. Uh, Let's let's take a look at some of the beauty in the world for a little while. We can get back to that stuff later if we choose, but we need a diversion, and this is sort of a diversion, which I guess great art always has been. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. And, you know, now such interesting scientific studies are being done about the brain and the effect that art has on the brain. There's a particularly interesting uh, study going on at um, John Hopkins and the National Institute of Health with the Aspen um, Institute, and they're actually doing tests on children and adults um, when they're doing art, when they're doing music, when they're doing dance, and um, our brains are wired. We need that to be able to think, hope, dream, and, and et cetera. So that's fascinating. And I think the fact of poetry is one of those things, you know, I hadn't read poetry in quite some time, to be honest with you. And then I get this book in the mail and I think to myself, wow, this is great. It's something we don't, you know, we don't just think of in our daily lives. Oh, I'm going to read a little poetry, but I would really suggest it to people. Do you, are you finding people saying that, wow, I didn't know this was for me and it really is. It really brought me a, a different look at things that I just hadn't shared really since I was in school. You know, Steve, I have, you know, it's really quite remarkable and it's very gratifying because people will say, gosh, I'll never look at, a sculpture the same way again, or I'll never listen to a piece of music the same way again. You know, I can give you an example. You know, maybe I would choose one um, inspired by music since we're on radio and people will know this um, uh, song that inspired me. Shall I do that? Yeah, please. Okay. So this um, poem was inspired by Stevie Wonder's Superstition. Love that song. Yeah, it's called Stand Under a Willow. And you'll start to see, I think, the rhyme and the rhythm are one thing that's recognizable. But the other thing is it was um, about the concept of superstition and how we try to find ways to feel less scared of things. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Stand Under a Willow. Stand Under a Willow. Protect yourself from harm. Stand under a willow. Breathe in scented balm. Canopy to shade you. Branches green and strong. Graceful boughs to shield you. Banish all that's wrong. Nightmares cannot kill you. Pain will dissipate. Bend into the tempest. Wave bad ghosts away. Willow sways with wind song, soothing as a lyre, harbinger of sweet spring, always first to flower. Tune in sounds of insects, worries disappear. Trust the tree will linger, long roots absorb fear. Some sip the nectar to make a healing brew. Learn from their traditions, change your point of view. Birds line nests with catkins, hatchlings rest 
at ease, follow on their secrets, lie down, feel the breeze, stay under the willow, believe in sacred signs, fantasies you long for will come true in time. Willows near the river, reflections holding hands, they have understanding they don't understand. I love that. And you know what's great? It's not only your look at that great song from Stevie Wonder and kind of what you see, but I think I get the most out of it is it makes me start to think, well, how do I see it? You know, do I agree? Do I not agree? Do I take a different take? And that's kind of the beauty of this is I think the poetry is, is beautiful art in itself, but it also kind of stimulates the, that kind of thought that we don't spend enough time at. I mean, do you kind of find that too, that the more people get into this and, and read uh, poetry and so forth, the more they can look and kind of uh, imagine in their own mind and maybe go to a place they don't normally go to? You know, you hit it right on the head. I always feel, and people have said this about the book, but especially when I read and I have um, comments afterwards, I feel like people are writing their own stories right alongside me. You know, they, they're thinking about, okay, what do I feel about willows? Have I ever, you know, been under one and felt the breeze blow? What Did it make me feel creepy or did it make me feel great? Um, I really think people have their own reactions and write their own poems. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, when they're... Uh identifying with something at the time, something goes through their brain, they have a thought, and then we forget about it and so forth. But a lot of times, it just would be really good and we would we would learn a lot about ourselves and kind of the beauty of just kind of dig, digging deeper, thinking, and, you know, how did that make me feel? And that's what I love about this. And, you know, how do we get people into it? I mean, obviously, this is a great place to start. And I think the way you approach poetry is great because I think, People not only want to read poetry like that, but it means so much knowing that you're taking it from something you saw, particularly this series, I, again, I just love. Is that kind of the thing? People have to kind of be retaught. You know, it, this isn't just a high school class to read some of the great works, but really it's an area that can be obviously you know, dug into much deeper. Absolutely. And there are such wonderful, easy ways you can um, make it easy for people. For children, for example, um, you can show them a painting um, of a, a tiger. And um, the tiger may be uh, looking upwards into a tree. And all you have to do is say to a kid, look at this painting. Where do you think the tiger was before he got to this painting. Where do you think he's going to go next? And they just take off like a shot. You know, they write the, the scene about, um, well, the tiger came from the river and, the, and looking for something up in the tree, whatever it is, you know, you yeah. can imagine. Well, you, yeah. well, I know you work with the Smithsonian Institute, as you mentioned before, for um, a long time. Yeah. Isn't that one of those things, too, where 
people, I always tell people when they go, I love the, all the Smithsonian museums and so forth. And I think the key is to go to these places, don't try to see everything in one day, but go find that picture of a tiger or whatever calls you and spend a little time with it. It seems like, at least for me, that's one way of, of taking the whole experience of the Smithsonian to another level. You know, it's so true. And it's kind of a, a meditative thing if you really take the time and just think about, even, even if you know nothing about what you're looking at, whether it's a rocket ship or, you know, something in the um, uh, Asian Art Museum, you have your own valid reactions. And that's enough. You know, stick right there and, and right. look and talk to the characters have them talk back to you. I mean, there's all, there's all kinds of things. But the interesting thing now, um, I think, Steve, is how young people, and I don't mean just children in elementary school, um, I mean, um, you know, 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, they're really into performance art. And uh, poetry is sort of in its golden age because um, they... Uh, know hip-hop culture, they know rap music, they go to slam competitions. And now, you know, if you tell someone you're a poet, they say, oh, that's so cool, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But before, they wouldn't have. And uh, then, you know, Amanda Gorman being chose as President um, Biden's inaugural poet was amazing. And uh, so we we have a whole new sort of uptick in poetry readers, both... um, all, well, all across the board, all ages. Yes, yeah, true. You know, it's funny. When I was a little kid, that was the end of the beatnik era, and that was, you know, in the coffee houses, people making up poetry. And while some of it was very, uh, well, I mean, it, it, everybody's art to themselves has is, is got some value, but in some cases it was, you know, real elemental stuff. But you got some really good things. And, the, and again, it's just that way, a, a different way that we don't spend enough time at. It's just kind of like exercising our brain and a part of the brain that tends to get ignored in a really hurried uh, and high-tech world. I see this as kind of the antidote for people that spend way too much time on their phones and on their computers and so forth. Well, that's right. And you know, it doesn't have to be all serious and all hard to, you know, get the concept at all. I mean, it can be very funny, too. Um, So I have an example here. One of the um, paintings that I love in the National Gallery um, is Andy Warhol's Mao. It's a a picture of Chairman Mao. And um, I stood there. You know, I feel like artworks choose me. You go into a room or a gallery or an outdoor sculpture garden, and you're drawn there's somehow a magnet to a certain one. <laughs> right. And um, I was drawn to this, and I'm going to read it if I may. Please. Um, it's called Vanquor, after Andy Warhol's Mao, 1973. Mao chooses me. Massive man, square head, solid stance, leader, CCP. Deep purple background, violet wash. I must stop. Struck still in the gallery, I conjure his maker, Andy Warhol, because he's there too. Golden plumage, same two 
huh? Both heads the shape of Hello Kitty. <laughs> Lurking from behind, Warhol slips into the chairman's left sleeve. Bodies morph, merge as portrait, breathe in unison. By reflex, my hand clasps my chest. Autonomic gasp. I realize they're wearing my blouse. Single button. Three is one. We pledge allegiance. Hands crossing hearts. Their countenance exactly mine. Stony stare. Contemplating. Six nostrils blend into two. Our lipstick is lavender. Our chin set. Who is who? I am Chairman Mao. Wow. Uh, I love that. First of all, I never thought of Chairman Mao that way. And it really, I'm really glad you brought that up. And thank you for sharing that because uh, Andy Warhol's one, I remember as, as a kid, particularly I remember my father, who was a pretty literate guy, didn't care for Andy Warhol. He thought that's, you know, the Campbell soup can and so forth uh, was uh, amateurish. But I look at that and I feel exactly the opposite. And I think what you did is exactly what a lot of people have, have done with his art. And I, it's a great way to bring it out. And that's really kind of examine that kind of, you know, thing like Mao, dig deeper. And, and, and that's what you were able to, able to do. And it's just kind of fun. And it just goes to show that, uh, again, poetry, I guess, would, would you say it's kind of the natural uh, answer to taking these other forms of art and kind of like, all right, putting words to it? Exactly. Exactly. You know, Andy Warhol was ahead of his time. He was really a advertising genius. Right. And, you know, he, he was peculiar, too, in many ways. But, oh, my gosh, his artwork. He started as a draftsman doing um, advertising shoes. He drew shoes for, for big-name um, fancy department stores <laughs> and then got into, you know, painting and silkscreen and photography and film. And um, he certainly wanted to brand himself. So he was he was pretty good at, at branding too. But um, now people go back and look at retro, retrospectives of his work, and um, you have to stare. It's really magnetic. Well, last question then. It, 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 you know, you, you've talked about that. We've talked about. It. In fact, you were mentioning before uh, some of the things that young people have. Are these just natural evolutions? And I guess art, when when, when you come in, in poetry, is part of that is always going to be evolving, right? I mean, and that's what it should do, correct? Of course. Of course. There isn't one time in history where the next generation wanted to do something different. They wanted to build on the shoulders of others, but often it was to reject what, what the others had done. And then often it was just to imagine something beyond what the others had done fascinating this book is great artscapes it's part of a series lee let's tell people how, how do they get a hold of this because i think this is something they should they should hunt out and find and i know it isn't all that hard to find okay it's not at all all you need to do is go to my website poetleewoodman.com and all four books are there there's something about my background and how i approach poetry 
And then each book has a page, and on each page there are, you know, four or five different stores. You can um, just click on those buttons and go directly to where you can see them, uh, buy them, and enjoy. I think so. that's a great idea. We will do that, Lee. Only we'd love to have you on again. I think these are such fascinating uh, topics, and we've just scratched the surface, so we'd love to get you on one place some more. I would love to be with you more. Let's go to Vegas, baby. Let's go tonight.